Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. It was pretty phenomenal to have three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, be able to sit back and watch it all unspool. And there are a lot of big storylines, and we're going to be breaking them down for you all throughout the show today. Uh, we got Sean Merriman scheduled to join us, uh, lights out himself in the second hour, as he has been on Monday for a while. Third hour of the show, Joel Klatt's going to join us because as if you hadn't had enough football to enjoy, we've got another incredible game going on tonight with Alabama against Ohio State to win the national championship. But to me, I told you on Friday, the two guys with the most at stake on wildcard weekend were Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Two guys that I knew and that you knew needed to get their first wins, and they did. But that wasn't it. The Browns also had a coming out party. It was 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter in Pittsburgh, and I think all of you out there could not believe what you were seeing in terms of the performance that they were putting on the field. I know there's a lot of Steeler fans right now that are still shell-shocked from that first quarter. Honestly, it looked a lot like the first half that the Browns put together against the Titans just a few weeks ago. And then the Browns managed to put things together, hold on. And the end result was of your Saturday-Sunday games, 
Remember three years ago, we had five quarterbacks go in the first round of the NFL draft. We had Baker Mayfield go number one overall, Sam Darnold, and then we had uh, a uh, we had Josh Allen, who everybody was not sold on at all, and then we had Lamar Jackson at the end of the first round, and Josh Rosen, who's already moved on from a bunch of different teams, he's done. But the debates about who's the right guy, are they going to be able to win, what's this going to look like for them, and then boom, all three of them win their first ever playoff game in the same weekend. Winning that first playoff game is hard to do. Proving that not only you can get to the playoffs, but you can win once you get there is such an incredibly challenging uh, goal to even get to. And what's interesting, before I get to Baker Mayfield and what the Browns did, what's interesting to me is the two guys that were considered to be the biggest risks in the first round are the two guys that now look like they're going to be the best. Not to take anything away from Baker Mayfield, but Josh Allen was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. I think the overall third best quarterback in the NFL. And Lamar Jackson's already won an MVP. But the the criticism out there of both Lamar Jackson and of Josh Allen and of every young quarterback is, can they do it when they get to the postseason? may not be fair, but that's how we judge our quarterbacks in the NFL. Eventually, if they win some playoff games, it's can they win the Super Bowl? Ask Peyton Manning about that. But until they win that first playoff game, the question that gets asked, fair or foul, is are they going to be able to take the next step? And in one fell swoop, all three of these guys took the next step. And in that draft class from just three years ago, they are going to represent almost half of the eight teams that are playing on Saturday and Sunday going forward. And the biggest winner by far is Lamar Jackson. He is. Second biggest winner, Josh Allen. But the guy that has probably got a city on his shoulders the likes of which has not happened in the NFL in a long time, is Baker Mayfield. Because not only did the Browns vanquish their long playoff drought this year, but they went on the road and they beat the horrible rival Pittsburgh Steelers that they never, ever beat. And they did it in a mostly dominating fashion. I know there were a few moments there in the third quarter where a lot of Browns fans started to get nervous. And let's be honest, Browns fans were nervous throughout the entirety of this game because they've been there so few times. Their head coach wasn't on the sideline. I mean, by the way, Kevin Stefanski, I mean, can you imagine him watching this game at home or wherever they had him? Like, I would have paid to be able to watch him on camera as the Browns were scoring and dominating like they were. And... Now you start to look forward and think if you're a Browns fan, well, man, we're really playing with house money right now because I think your average Browns fan, if they were being honest, especially given how weak they looked last week against the Steelers, did not anticipate that they were ever going to be able to go into Pittsburgh and win this game. And now you look back and you're like, okay, well, we're going on the road against Kansas City. What do we care? What fear do we have here? We've got nothing to lose. Yeah, we're going to be over a touchdown underdog, but Kansas City's probably the best team left in the entirety of the NFL. 
It's not that big of a threat to us. We're not too concerned about it. And then if you are a Ravens fan, this is Lamar Jackson's opportunity. Going head-to-head with Josh Allen, a team in in, uh, Buffalo that hasn't won a lot. It's not as if there is uh, there is this you know sort of uh, same kind of aura surrounding anybody in the AFC outside of Kansas City, which has proven they can win at an extremely high level as well. So I just I thought it was an incredible, incredible storyline. And if you follow it, what's also interesting about this is all these young gunslingers are in the AFC, right? And so the AFC has got all these young guys. And then the NFC, toss Jared Goff out because I don't think he's in the same category. But the NFC has got all the old gunslingers. Your Aaron Rodgers, your Drew Brees, your Tom Brady's. And then the AFC's the young gunners. And we're going to see exactly how they end up shaking out. But my goodness. I mean, it is just so much fun to watch all these different games. And, and by the way, one of the best storylines of the entire weekend ended up being uh, Taylor Heineke, who I don't think, and I'm not even sure that I said his name 100% right, but I don't think anybody even knew who this dude was. And then he's out there dueling against Tom Brady and you had Chase Young running up and reading the jersey name on the back. I mean, it was just, there was so much drama with all six of these games going on. And I think the NFL is going to sit back and they're going to say, oh, we're never going back to a shortened wild card. In fact, a part of me wonders whether the NFL is going to say, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and expand the postseason even more. Maybe they won't. But go ahead and add two more teams. Gets more challenging to fit all those games in because this is kind of an ideal television window right now starting at 1 Eastern and going all the way through. And by the way, let me don't forget to say this too. It's a home run weekend for the NFL. Anybody else watch the Nickelodeon broadcast? Do you have kids like I do? If you did, flipping it on and every time they scored a touchdown, seeing the slime come out and seeing the game called for kids, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a really, really great idea. And I've got a six-year-old who's not really a big NFL fan. He's young. My 10-year-old and my 12-year-old, you know, they wake up, they're sports obsessed. My six-year-old, we'll see how much he likes sports. He's just, he's young. He's a kindergartner. But he was like really intrigued by the slime on the field and by all the different colors and the SpongeBob and everything else associated with it and thought it was pretty cool. And I got to say, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool too. Uh, and uh, and so when we come back, by the way, I'm going to rank the six winning teams, all right? Uh, but I want to say, again, to me, the big takeaway, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, I was at that Ravens-Titans game. The Lamar Jackson scramble changed that game. I mean, I, I really 100% think the Lamar Jackson 48-yard scramble touchdown, if the Titans get a stop there, I think they probably win the game. Now, I'm going to talk later about Mike Vrabel and and also Mike Tomlin, the decisions they were making of when to punt and everything else. Like, I don't understand how you can go work 100 hours or whatever the heck it is to be in a position to get a game plan ready and then be that bad at actually managing decision-making, 
right? I just, I, I, I legitimately do not understand how you could punt when you're Mike Vrabel, fourth and two from the 40. I don't understand how that decision's made. Mike Tomlin, fourth and one, down 12. You punt, and then the Browns come back down and score, and effectively that game's over. I just don't understand how you allow yourself to make that decision because your entire goal as a head coach is to find every possible tiny, minute angle to help your team, and then you make decisions like those that don't make any sense at all. I I just frankly don't understand it. I really, really don't. And so as you break down everything in that world, I I think it's really uh, intriguing the way that shook out. But to me, the Lamar Jackson play, it's third and nine. There's nobody open, and he makes a play that probably nobody else in the league can. Ties the game up at 10, and he changed the game right then and there. Because I think if the Ravens punt there, Titans are in good shape, probably go into the half with the lead, and who knows what happens from there. But I thought that changed the game uh, for uh, the single most important play that anybody made uh, in any of these games in terms of uh, putting their team in position to win. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly 
O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Him Sex Shoes and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Sean Merriman, Lights Out Podcast with the iHeart Podcast Network. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Sean, I love the expanded playoffs. I love that we had three games on Saturday. I love that we had three on Sunday. I went and watched the Titans game against the Ravens here in my hometown of Nashville. Took uh, one of my sons, had an incredible time. What do you think about the idea of expanding to seven AFC and seven NFC? Do you like the idea of the expanded playoffs? Oh, absolutely. Um, and that just, you know, for one, I'll take it back. And I know we talked about it either a week or a week before that. Um, back to the NFL doing an incredible job at figuring this thing out. Like, Amen. Yes. From the, start of, from the start of the year, I'm looking at, like, saying to myself, there's no, there's no way in hell they're going to be able to not only finish the season, but figure this thing out. It's just way too many. You look at what the NBA did, and they went and forced themselves in the bubble, and no one can leave. You can't go anywhere. And they still had some problems. The NFL didn't, didn't even afford to bubble and was able to finish the season. And now, you know, getting into this new ex, uh, expanded playoff uh, picture, I think it's great. You know, I think it's another thing they probably will need to look at at some point in time, too, is, is uh, what, what in the hell is going on with the NFC uh, East and uh, figuring that playoff system out. But I, I just think they did an amazing job uh, so far in continuing this thing and still making it exciting because it's hard. You know, for one, you don't have all your fans there. That's one, you know, first thing you have your first your fan base at the stadium where you can actually feel the emotion and the passion of the game. But two, still making it fun and exciting for for us to sit back and watch on TV. So I think they've done a, a magnificent job, man, to keep this thing going. All right, I'm going to bre- ask you to break down a lot of these different games. I'm going to run through them with you. But I think we are underrating how good Tom Brady is looking at the end of this year, right? Uh, and and I know they get a rematch now against the Saints, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Can the Saints beat him for a third time? But Brady, as a guy who is uh, who played against Brady and was in the league for several years uh, against Brady for a while too, are you just blown away? I mean, he, I mean, Sean, he looks younger on the field. His arm looks more lively. Uh, it's really pretty remarkable to see what he is capable of. I mean, he guy threw 40 touchdowns at the age of 43, and he was throwing the ball down the field. And this, I know part of the story is Heineke, and I'll ask you about him too. 
But to me, for Saturday night game, I was watching Brady, and I'm like, this dude doesn't just have one year left. I mean, he's got multiple years left based on the way he's playing right now. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, even playing him for all those years, uh, I always said internally, like within myself, that he was only that good because he, because of Bill Belichick. I really yeah. thought that. Right. Um, you know, because Bill Belichick is such a hell of a coach. Um, they built such a dynasty in the, a team that I always said to myself, even playing them, I said, I'm not really worried about Tom Brady. I'm worried about Bill Belichick. Well, you know, Tom Brady too, but I'm, I'm worried about the coaching that's going to come from this game. And I think that what Tom Brady did uh, by going down to Tampa and proving everybody wrong, that it wasn't Bill Belichick. It was him. He was, yeah. you know, he was the reason, and, and, and see what the Patriots did this year, Tom Brady was the reason why that organization ran for two decades. I mean, that, that, he was the reason. And, uh, you, know, being a, you know, being a competitor of him, you can see it on film and you can see some of the things he's doing, but you always, always in the back of my head, no matter when we play those guys, I was like, oh, he, he called this perfect play because Bill Belichick called that. But now you're saying, we talk about him being younger, Brady's doing something. I think that uh, Tony, Tony Dungy or somebody said after the game, uh, someone said at the game, said he's doing something that, that Tony Dungy didn't even see when, when they beat them in the Super Bowl. He's moving around in the pocket. You know, he's he moving just... around. And, yeah, he, he's, he's moving around, but you see he's being younger. He's moving around more than he's ever had in the last five years. And I'm not talking about taking off and running. I mean, just straight-up pocket awareness where he's making some things happen by being an athlete. Like, I haven't seen that in Tom Brady in 15 years. It's pretty remarkable. And not to take anything away from Heineke, right? Because that was an incredible performance. He made a lot of plays for Washington. But Washington really was not in the same stratosphere in terms of what they could accomplish. I mean, he made a couple of crazy plays. But when you look at uh, that matchup, and I'll even talk a little bit ahead, because, I, you know, I thought it was a fairly the, – the Saints' defense is for real. I don't think there's any way to uh, to criticize them. But how difficult do you think it will be for the Saints to beat the Bucks for a third time as we look ahead for that game that's coming up? Or do you look at it and say uh, the Saints are a good matchup and that's why they were able to handle twice the Bucks pretty easily? Uh, for one, it, it, is, it was a really good matchup, and they, they match up very well. But this, in my opinion, Tampa's getting hot at the right time. Like they, they're the team with the momentum. And if you look at the course of the season, right, there's no offseason, really. You got, you know, training camp, and you basically no preseason games. You kind of start the season with a brand-new team. What you're seeing right now from the Buccaneers is they're finally getting on the same page. I'm talking about across the board. Uh, I'm not surprised that Antonio Brown is heating up right now. I'm not surprised that Mike Evans, they're finding the final ways to get him the ball and making things look, look easy. You know, they have a well-oiled machine over there. It was just like they just needed a little bit of WD-40 somewhere in the middle just, you know, keep that thing moving until they figure it out. That was the whole goal for them, right? Uh, let's, let's, get, let's get ourselves to the playoffs and let's get on the same page. And you, took, you talk about two teams, and I'm not saying anything about the Saints today. I think they, they played well uh, in, in a lot of areas. But if you look at the two teams, one is going at a, at a skyrocketing rapid pace and getting better, and the other one is just looking still pretty good. One of the, the interesting stories, I thought, most so coming out of the, uh, of the playoffs in that early games was – the Rams seemed like they were really driven by a feeling of disrespect for how the Seahawks performed uh, in an earlier game against them. 
the Ravens seem like they felt disrespected by the Titans. We hear a lot of talk about bulletin board material and everything else associated with it. And I'm going to get to social media and how that impact can be. But in your experience as a guy who was in the league as long as you were, how much did the pregame talk matter in terms of a team's ability, willingness, and uh, and playing style? Well, you know, sometimes it's not even just a pregame. It's, it's way before, right? I mean, you're sitting on this the whole entire week. And what I don't understand about certain guys when they come out and, and say things is that, especially for teams, you got to see again, right? I mean, if you've never yep. seen them again and you beat them and maybe you got to see them the following year, but when you got to see them again in the same year, you got to be pretty damn dumb to come out and talk and crap because they're going to hang that in the locker room. They're going to practice that all, all week. Great coaches will use that every single player. A guy that in practice is, is jogging around. He's not going full speed. Guess what? John Harbaugh or somebody's going to walk up to him and say, hey, guess what? They, they, they danced for your logo last time. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to jog? They just danced it. So it, it becomes fuel to the fire every single day during the week. So now people start game planning different. The, 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 you know, their blood is boiling by the time they get to the game. And I just never understand – uh, I never understood why guys talk the way they talk, especially when you got to go out and see that person again. You know, you know, same thing with Juju said a, you know, a few weeks ago about the Browns. Uh, the same thing with, um, you know, uh, I think it was Adams, the safety there for Seattle, that came out and smoked cigar last time yep, he beat the Rams. That's right. So I'm, I'm like, man, you go, you got to see these guys again. What are you thinking? I wonder how much of a lot, and, and it is interesting because you social media was just kind of taken off when your career came to a close. But how much of that is guys putting on a show for their social media following and trying to grow their own brands? Because that's one thing, like a decade ago, the only way you grew your brand was by winning, right? I mean, like that was it. Like your team had to be able to win. And if you won, you had a good brand. Now there are guys using Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever else to uh, to develop a name for themselves. And it sometimes can create, I think, a distinction between what might be good for the team and what might be good for the player. I think it's kind of put that disconnect and that that sometimes dichotomy on steroids. Do, do you buy into that, uh, that, that, that social media has changed the way guys talk and maybe the way that guys are, are even playing at times? Absolutely. And... You know, it's gotten to the point where it's gotten bad because, for one, you know, you, you know, we we talked before air. You're on social media. I'm on social media, and we yep. do it because you know we, we're trying to either get a message out or, or say certain things and get our point across. And we have jobs and have things promoted and put out. So those things are beneficial. The problem is with athletes, right? You're trying to fit in on social media with other people who are not professional athletes. So if there's a, a challenge going on, if there's a um, uh, something that you know kind of went viral, then another guy's trying to do it. So you're doing all these things to try to get to social media following up, and you, some things you can't do because you got to go out and play. You know, and, and it, it, it kind of got under my skin to hear uh, and see Juju doing all these things. I'm like, dude, that's fine for a fan, right? That's fine for someone who loves the game. But when you go out and you dance no guy's logo, you can't tell me you don't know that's disrespectful. That is disrespectful when guys find out about it. They're going to do something about it because, and, and Clay, I'll tell you, one of the reasons why I started playing football a long time ago, and I told my mom, she said, why do you want to play football? I said, so I can, I can hit somebody and not get in trouble for it. 
this, this, <laughs> yeah. was my, this was my reason for playing football. I said I wanted to hit somebody and not get in trouble for it because you can't do it anywhere else. Right? You can't do it out here when I'm going to jail. So uh, that was my reason for playing football. So now if you take Juju and all these guys that are talking like this on social media and doing these disrespectful things, guess what? You got 60 minutes to line up against the guy across from you. And, and best believe he wants to do something to you about it. So I get it. Bill, I'm all for it, man. I, I love that branding aspect. I think that Juju and all these guys have a great brand that they're building. But let's not forget what you get paid to do for a living. When you look at uh, – at uh, I said coming into the, the wild card round of the playoffs that the two quarterbacks I thought had the most at stake were Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. If they both won, they would get the proverbial monkey off their back. Uh, they would win a playoff game. Not only for uh, – you know, the, Lamar Jackson didn't want to go to 0-3 in the playoffs, but also Josh Allen's team hadn't won a playoff game in forever you know 25 years basically so the whole organization has that kind of hanging over them what do you think the impact might be now for a guy like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson now that they know not only can they get to the playoffs they can win a game there and as you look ahead and uh, and know that they're headed to the divisional round and obviously they hope to go to the AFC championship and beyond what is getting that first win for a quarterback and, and for an organization like the Bills, but also the Ravens behind Lamar Jackson? What does that do for an organization? It, it just cracks the narrative. Um, as a player, to be honest, you hear it, but you don't really feel it. You don't feel that way. You hear it. Um, but it, it doesn't change your approach to trying to win another football game, whether it's a playoff game or whether, whether it's a regular season. But I, I can tell you, sure as hell, get tired of hearing it because it's like, man, and take Lamar Jackson, for example. Lamar Jackson has accomplished a lot in his, in his first couple of years. I mean, more than the average person, an MVP, and the records he's continuously breaking, those things, uh, he's, he's accomplished a lot. So for someone to say, you know what, he's not that great of a player because he didn't win the playoff, it's like, okay, guys, come on. You're talking about a revolutionary type of player that's already has changed the way football is played because of what he's athletically uh, capable of doing. And you go over to Josh Allen's side, it's like, man, I, and, I, and, and Clay, to be honest, I was caught in between because he was playing my, you know, my former teammate, Phillip Rivers, and I, yes. I wanted the game so bad for Phillip, but I also played for the Bills, and I'm just sitting back like, I want, I want the organization to win you know, the Bills because I played there, and I know how much it means to that city. I remember back playing that we beat the Patriots, and you would have thought a parade was was happening. It was the town is shut down, right? We forced Tom Brady to throw uh, four interceptions, and it was a great day in Buffalo. So that and that was just one game against the Patriots. We wasn't going to the playoffs or anything like that. It was just a game. So I know how important it was for the city to win it. But I was sure as hell sitting back, like, man, you know what? Philip is on the team uh, for the first time in a couple of years that they have a a real chance of of winning the ring. So I felt. For, but I, I am happy for Josh Allen because I, you know he's going to be a great quarterback for the five for the next five ten plus years in the NFL. What do you think Philip Rivers is going to do now? Do you, I mean he had a pretty good year with the uh, with the Colts? They've got a good offensive line. They had a lot of injuries. It seems like Jonathan Taylor, uh, their young running back, is going to have an awful lot of success in the NFL. How soon do you think Philip Rivers makes a decision, and what do you think he might do? I can't see Phillip Rivers walking away right now. I really can't, uh, especially if the team asks him to come back. 
Um, you know, I, I know he, he's he's accepted whenever he's retired to go coach in high school down in uh, Florida, Alabama. I can't remember which one it was. I know he's going to be a hell of a coach when he's done. He's got a lot of kids to go down there and take yep. care, take care of for sure. But I can't leave Norfolk up the competitive side in him. Wants to give it one more go, and I do believe if the coach asks asks him to come back, that he is, he will, and he should. He, I mean, he had a, he had a great year. Um, he finally, and, and me, it meant a lot for me personally, you know, being his former teammate and people saying he's washed and he can't play anymore and see how well he can, st- you know, he can still go at it. So I think that if the coach gives him another opportunity to come back, he will. We're talking to Sean Merriman uh, as we roll into uh, the divisional round of the playoffs. You mentioned this, and I, and I think it's a big deal, and I think it's a big statement. The NFL being able to get this all done is is it's truly a remarkable accomplishment, right? I mean, to get the entirety of the season in like they have managed to do is uh, is really, I mean, it's one of the great accomplishments in NFL history. I think it's one of the great greatest accomplishments in, in sports history. Yeah, um, you know, if you look at all the colleges back in August or July, August, whatever it was, that all you know the, the conferences that were shutting down before they even got a chance to, to do anything, right? They were already, they were already canceling the season, and they didn't even have an opportunity to start it. And so yeah, we're talking about an entire conference. We're not talking about one school, one or two schools here and there. We're talking about an entire conference. So for the NFL to figure it out and say, you know what, we're going to forward this thing, and we're going to start it. You know, we'll, we'll do it as safely as possible. We'll go with all the protocols and things we got to do. We'll do it the right, bit, right way, but we're going to start this year. But I, for me, I'm not surprised because that's why the NFL is the NFL and why their perceived their perception here in the country is so damn big because they are bulldogs, man. They'll go and get things done when necessary. Sean, uh, as we kind of roll forward, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers got to sit out and wait. What is it like for those guys, you think, to get an extra week of rest at this point in time? And are you nervous at all about whether that team is ready, whether it's the Packers or whether it is the Chiefs with the ability? And remember, uh, especially for the Chiefs, they basically got two weeks off because they took off uh, for a lot of their stars beforehand. What do you anticipate seeing out of those two teams? Should they be the, the, the favorites in a substantial degree uh, to uh, to go out and, and, and go to the Super Bowl, do you think? You, you know, um, I, I guess some people can be, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a ritual, or uh, you know, you got some coaches that like to stay in the moment and go and do your, your regular routine and all that stuff. Uh, but I believe in health, especially yeah. this late in the season. Uh, I played in the first round bye, and I can tell you that if we didn't have that bye, I don't think I would have played that first game of the playoffs because I was just banged up from you know the 17 weeks of playing. I was just beat up. How much and difference that does actually, that make for your body then? For somebody like you who's in uh, you know basically 30 or 40 car accidents minimum every week, I mean, that extra week made a tremendous difference to how you felt? It's night and day, so I'll put it to you like this. I mean, you know, you wake up, obviously, you get a light lifting, you stretch, and you do all the things you got to do. But you start to ice and cold tub, uh, the ice cold tub, and then jump in a hot tub and jump in a sauna. You stretch a little bit more if you got a, a tight hamstring or a quad or, or your ankles rolled or something like that. The swelling drops over the last, you know, four or five days. You get, you get complaints. And it, it, it sounds a little bit freaky that someone rolled their ankle, got a sprained ankle, they just need five days. Uh, you know, the normal human being needs three weeks. But, yeah. That five or six days 
it, in, in the NFL is a lifetime because you just feel that much better. You go out there, and, and now you're not hitting in practice much uh, later on in the year. You're not having pads on, so practice is not that tough. So now you're just really going out there and getting fully healthy, and it's, it's incredible, man. I, I would tell anyone, if you have an opportunity to get that bye week, take that bye week. It's important. And the home, obviously the home field advantage. I know I said last question, but this is a real last question. Season, there's been a lot less practice uh, and a lot less of OTAs and mini camps and everything else. And guys have actually come out and they look like, at least offensively, like the games have looked pretty good. As a player, does that mean to you, hey, man, we don't have to be there in the, in the, in, as much as we maybe had been in the past. Like some of this, uh, some of this stuff is, uh, is unnecessary. Well, I can tell you a, a smart veteran should say that. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. would, uh, that would be me. You know, if we go out and perform well, we're not practicing as much. We're doing everything virtual. Um, yeah, I'll be the first one to recommend that. But, you know, I think that if you look at across the board, look at any big CEO out here in a company. I, and I got employees of my own yep. that we haven't met up again in months. Yes. Right? And we're still able to get things done. And, you know, now you got some people. I got employees. I I got employees in 10 states, Sean, and it's like a pretty smooth process even without us being in the same place. And so I do think that this has been, uh, you know, one of the benefits of this is people would have never taken the risk to stop the business travel and to uh, not be going into the office and all those things. But now that they have done it and they've recognized that it hasn't necessarily destroyed the business, I think a lot of people have learned that their business is able to function in ways that they wouldn't have believed otherwise. And it's the same. It's no different than football because I'll tell you what's happening. Um, you know, now that if a team can win and have a successful season, for one, without beating each other up, one uh, without uh, you know being have, having to do uh, physical things, you can do a walkthrough or you can do stuff virtual and talk it out. Uh, and you got a lot of these old school coaches. I played with some old school coaches who believed in hitting. Right, that's the only way you yep. get good. If, you, if you're being tough and toughing us up. You're going out hitting every day. If guys go out and you're not hitting every day, you're not doing these things, and they're making great plays, they're not getting tired, the condition is good. So now you're going to have these old-school coaches with the old-school mindset maybe changing their train of thought. Okay, maybe we don't have to do that. Maybe we don't have to beat each other up or uh, meet an extra four hours a day in person in order for us to win football games. So I think this, this time period and adjustment has, has been uh, – it's opened up a lot of doors from, for the future. Good stuff as always, Sean Merriman. Enjoy the games this weekend. Appreciate you coming on with us. We'll talk to you again next week. You got it. Anytime. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. No limitations may apply to the third-year NFL quarterback draft class, which is now surging into the divisional round playoffs. Two different distinct storylines emerging coming out of the AFC and the NFC wildcard round. First of all, the AFC is all young quarterbacks now. We've got Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield all getting their first playoff win on the Saturday-Sunday of the third year of their time in the NFL. All three of those guys advancing, Lamar Jackson will be going on the road against Buffalo, Baker Mayfield will be going on the road against Patrick Mahomes. So the AFC, all super young quarterbacks. In the NFC, all pretty much old quarterbacks, 
and then Jared Goff. Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, guys we've been watching it do, watching play football, great for basically a generation. And then Jared Goff. And uh, the early lines are out. Let me go ahead and give you these. The Packers are a seven-point favorite against the Rams. The Saints are a three-point favorite against the Bucks. Uh, the Chiefs are a 10-point favorite against the Browns. And the Bills are a three-point favorite against the Ravens. So those are early numbers courtesy of FanDuel. But to me, there were so many different storylines that stood out from this incredible weekend of football. First of all, props to the NFL, okay? We said it before. I'll say it again. There were a lot of people who said there was no way the NFL was going to be able to get their season in. Not only did they get their season in, they got a 16-game regular season for every team complete in 17 weeks. And then they expanded the playoffs, and they now have managed to get six different wild card weekend games completed so I don't want you to pour one out for the NFL yet but we've got four games for divisional weekend right this coming Saturday Sunday and then we've only got the AFC and the NFC championship and we've got the Super Bowl so we only have remaining seven total games right Seven total games remaining in the NFL. By the way, we got one remaining in college football. It's tonight, Alabama against Ohio State. Ordinarily, we would talk a lot about it. We haven't talked about it very much on this program because there's so much NFL action to break down. Joel Klatt, however, will be joining us next. He's Fox's lead college football analyst, and we will break down Alabama against Ohio State for all of you out there, including me, who will be staying up super late on Monday watching everything that has to go on with this game. And yes, that game is tonight. A lot of you are being surprised uh, by the fact that college football game, I mean, I know it's been hard to keep track of all the different days with all the chaos and all the insanity that's been going on. And so uh, that is where we are headed, all right? So uh, so let's dive into these, uh, these, these games and kind of pull out what I think are the most significant aspects of each of them. First of all, I told you in the first hour of the program, but I'll re-rank them now. I like to go and look at the teams in the playoffs and assess how they looked relative to what expectations were of how they would look, which is why I think it's pretty clear that of all the teams out there, the Browns had the best performance in the wildcard weekend. They went on the road and dominated in a way I don't think anybody else could have anticipated against the Steelers. They hadn't won in Pittsburgh in forever. They hadn't won a playoff game in forever. And a lot of people, myself included, thought that making the playoffs, they would believe was the goal. And they might not play that well once they got into the playoffs. I was wrong. They were the best-performing team in the entirety of the NFL. They got up 28-0. Baker Mayfield, all those commercials that have been running on television, they now look justified. He's rolling into his second playoff game now. And they're a big underdog, 10-point underdog, against the Kansas City Chiefs. But what do they have to lose? I'm intrigued to see what they can do, especially if they can keep uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt able to run the football. And remember, 
Kareem Hunt, they basically cut bait with him in Kansas City. Could he have a lot to prove going back to Kansas City? The Chiefs haven't been able to beat anybody very substantially in the past seven or eight weeks. Are they going to be able to flip a switch? It'll be an interesting question. So the Browns' best performing, second best performing Rams, because I didn't expect them to take care of Russell Wilson in that dynamic offense uh, at early in the season, at least, of the Seahawks. And I certainly didn't expect uh, Jared Goff to come in cover for the injured quarterback who was playing in his uh in his in his stead and I think if you're Sean McVay you have to be pretty happy but I think also the biggest winner there is the Packers because now you get an unhealthy Jared Goff you get a warm weather team coming from LA all the way to cold frigid tundra in Lambeau Field so I think you got to be pretty happy if you're the Packers. So Browns, but most impressive Rams, second, most impressive. The Saints, third, most impressive. Anybody else watch that game somewhat with your young kids and your family, maybe your grandkids, nieces, nephews, whoever it was, they had a Nickelodeon version of that program. And I think maybe later in the, in the week, we'll open up the phone lines and we'll have some fun when we don't have a lot of games to be reacting to like we do today. And we'll be talking about, Hey, if you could have any station out there, any existing cable station call an NFL game, which one would you pick? I think that could be a pretty fun discussion. Like National Geographic, Bravo, if they had like Andy Cohen. I mean, we could have, we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Trust me. Just put a pin in it. So I've got the Saints third most impressive, Bucks fourth. How about Taylor Heineke with one of the great stories of the uh, of the opening round of the wild card? And then we've got the Ravens, and then we've got the Bills. And I told you coming into this weekend, to me, the two guys with the most to prove were Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Both of them won. I was at that Ravens-Titans game, Lamar Jackson's. 48-yard scramble at the end of the first half. I think that's the play that won the game for the Ravens. I really do. I think if he doesn't make that play on third and nine, if they get stopped there and they punt, Titans probably run out the clock, go in, up a touchdown. I think the Titans find a way to win that game. I think Lamar Jackson's 48-yard scramble won the game for them. Uh, And Josh Allen, they weren't great. I didn't think they played particularly well at all the Bills against the Colts, but... They found a way to get the win. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, 
features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. We bring in Joel Klatt, uh, the awful Joel Klatt, at Joel Klatt on Twitter. Joel, how much it, – it's weird because usually we have a lot of time after the, uh, you know, the national uh, – the, the conference championship games before we get all the way to this, like five weeks, right? But because the season was pushed back, it was boom, we have the title games on the 19th. And then I felt like the, uh, the games got pretty quick, you know, January 1 – and now, hey, here's the end of the season, and we've got Alabama going up against Ohio State. It just kind of feels different. I think there's people out there listening to us right now that just because of the discombobulated year that we've had, basically in the world of sports and everywhere else, that and, and I think probably the NFL having the double wildcard days on Saturday, Sunday, even more games, I feel like this college football game is going to sneak up on a lot of people. Yeah, I, I agree. First of all, I've, I've never... I've never understood why they thought Monday night was a great night. I agree. Like, with I, I understand. I like like they do it in March Madness, and they do it for the Final Four and basketball national championship. But remember, you're not really coming off of much at that point. You know, like what's going on that weekend of the Final Four? Not much, right? And so you you get the the buildup of Sunday for the Monday night's national championship game. And I just don't feel like you get that in football. And I feel like in, in some cases they sit around and wait in order to get one up by the, the, by the NFL. It's like yeah. you cannot 
sit behind the NFL and think that you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. I, I really believe that they should go Friday night before the divisional rounds. I think people would go ballistic for, for uh, like a Friday night. I love that idea. I love that. Um, and, and I think that we've got plenty of time to do that. I mean, they're sitting around for 11 days. So, I mean, what's nine days? I don't understand why. So I've, I've never loved the Monday night, in particular after playoff football. I feel like it gets lost a little bit. And then all of a sudden on Sunday night and Monday, people are like, oh, yeah, that's tonight. And, and I don't think that that's good for the sport. All right, let's dive into this matchup in particular. First of all, as a quarterback who took a lot of big hits in your career at Colorado, Justin Fields, the hit that he took from Skalski, like, I mean, the helmet right into the ribs or the spleen or the kidney or whatever it is. Did it make you cringe watching it when you saw that hit? Oh, I mean, more than cringe. I was, I mean, it, it made me want to run and take some Advil, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe something stronger than Advil. You were already I, thinking about what he's going to feel like when he wakes up the next day. I mean, no, it hurt well, right then, but yeah. Sure. And first, I'm thinking to myself, he's done. To me, there were only two outcomes, and I don't want to speculate, so I'm not trying to suggest that this is what happened, but immediately I'm thinking to myself, he either broke multiple ribs or his spleen is ruptured. That's how bad it looked, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, he's done. And and when when he could barely throw, barely move after that, I thought that even for his own safety, they needed to take him out, and he battled through it. They obviously patted him up. Um, gave him some of that magic, and he got back out there. Um, I, I don't know how healthy he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to be 100%. I can tell you that from a quarterback standpoint, the, your core is so important to everything that you do, and that's where you develop all your velocity. That's, or that's where, you know, and in particular a guy like him that's athletic that needs to uh, have his feet and, and be able to utilize his feet as a weapon, I like, I just – I'm very skeptical that he's going to be 100% tonight. I I feel like very skeptical on that. So if he's not 100%, can they in any way beat Alabama by relying on their running game, which has emerged resurgent in the last couple of weeks, last couple of games, I should say? They handled Clemson, and he was more one-dimensional. It's not like he was a threat running the football after that, and they – I mean, they killed Clemson. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like that, that was not that close of a football game. And I think that gave everybody, including me. I mean, I cover Ohio State, and I was like, wow, that's easily the, the best game that they've played. So that run game is really good. And their offensive line and Trey Sermon and even uh, a guy like, you know, Master Teague or some of their, their backups. And I, I don't know if Master Teague will be available, but I – to me, it, I just think that they're such a better rushing team than people believe. Like, if I were to tell you they are uh, the number one power five rushing team in the country, would that surprise you? Yes. Well, they are, right? And, yeah. And I think it does surprise a lot of people. And and so let's not be all that shocked if they are able to run the football fairly effectively on Alabama, uh, Alabama because – it's not like Alabama's defense are, is, you know, five years ago from Nick Saban or six years ago. I think that Ohio State will be able to move the ball regardless of if fields can run around. And I think that they're going to be able to score some points. How many do they need to score to beat Alabama? I think they need to score 45 or more. Uh, that's how good I think Alabama's offense is. And, and that's how concerned I am for the secondary for Ohio State. Did, did you know – 
that Ohio State's pass defense is the worst pass defense to play in a national um, uh, championship game in the playoff era? I didn't know that. I mean, yeah, that's because Oklahoma's been in a few years. <laughs> so I would think well, that yeah, there's but been not some. in the championship game. Well, that's you a good know, point. So yeah, they, yeah. They had been in the playoff, but to make it the actual championship game, 281 yards a game they're giving up. It would be the worst year in, in the history of Ohio State as far as pass defense goes. And they're about to face what I would deem as one of the best passing attacks, you know, ever. Maybe, you know, second or third in history behind, you know, the LSU group from a year ago. Maybe one of those Oklahoma groups, uh, you know, especially under Baker Mayfield. But they're going to be under siege. And I just don't, I don't see a way for Ohio State to hold Alabama under 42, 45 points. you got Devontae Smith who I think you said deserved to win the Heisman Trophy. Do you think Jalen Waddell is going to come back? And how unbelievable of a return would that be? And here's why I ask you that question. Uh, For people out there who don't know, Jalen Waddell was hurt in the fifth game of the season. Through four weeks, he had more receiving yards and the same number of touchdowns as Devontae Smith. He and Devontae Smith are both studs. So I know some people out there are not huge college football fans. They may not have watched him. But I just keep sitting back, Joel, and I'm saying, man, Nick Saban, if he were actually going to have Jalen Waddle, wouldn't you want to keep that quiet and then suddenly have Jalen Waddle come out at your, you know, in your warmups and in your practice and be on the field as opposed if you were actually going to use him in a substantial way as opposed to letting basically the news get out there that he's at practice, that he's cleared, that he may be able to go. This feels like Nick Saban to me trying to get everybody on the Ohio State coaching staff, Ryan Day and company, to prepare for something that he may not use very much. It just doesn't feel like Nick Saban to be like, oh, by the way, hey guys, we've got this great weapon that nobody's really seen in several weeks and he's going to come back. You know, it's like this is everything that Nick Saban would ordinarily not give you. It feels like disinformation. <laughs> well, and and whether he's on the field or not, you've got to question at least the, the his his percentage. I mean, he yeah. fractured his ankle for yes. for God's sake, right? In, all, you know, in October, so, yes, and and so I I just I don't see how he's himself now. To be fair, and to your point when you started the question, if he doesn't get hurt, I think that Waddle might be a a better prospect in the NFL draft, which is shocking because Devontae Smith is outstanding. Yes, um, and I don't think Devontae Smith wins the Heisman, by the way, Joel, because I think the numbers would have gotten split more with Jalen Waddell and either Mac Jones uh, or uh, who knows, Trevor Lawrence might have ended up being able to back away his way. In other words, it wouldn't have all coalesced around Devontae Smith because his numbers wouldn't have been as impressive if Jalen Waddell stays healthy. I mean, I don't normally do this, but that is a, an, a, a very astute and accurate point. Clay. There you go. Um, uh, I've blown you away when yes. that happens. It, well, I don't think it blew me away. I'm just ad- admitting when it was it was accurate. Um, there's no question. Devontae doesn't doesn't win the Heisman. So, but but to your point about Saban and and whether he, it, I, I just I just don't see how he's himself. Waddle. I, yes. I just don't. And and because of that, I think that you're probably going to get the game plan that you would have normally gotten uh, in this game, which is some sort of Sean Wade following Devontae Smith around. Now, Sean Wade is the best corner that Ohio State has. Uh, I think that he's probably a top 30, top 35 NFL draft prospect for uh, this spring's draft. 
Having said that, there was only one Power 5 player in the country that gave up more touchdowns in coverage than Sean Wade. He gave up six. And so I, that's not a good matchup. Match Jahan Dotson from Penn State got all over him. Ty Freifogel from Indiana got all over him. Like, you know, like I said, Ohio State's in some trouble, whether Waddle's on the field or not, when it comes to trying to defend that passing game. Alabama wins their 13-0, and they will have beaten 13 FBS opponents, 11 in the SEC, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. They are, I believe, I'm curious what you think, not only an undisputable, you know, undisputed national champion, but one of the most impressive national champions of all time when you consider COVID, its impact, all the challenges, and the fact that they would have notched the most wins in the SEC by two, right? Nobody's ever won more than nine in the conference before, and then beaten two really good teams in Notre Dame and Ohio State to get to 13-0. and Do you buy into toss away the asterisk or any other thing like this is a legitimate unquestionable champion if it's Alabama no doubt there's 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 no doubt about that um I was having this discussion with with uh, my guy Steve Owens he helps me with um all, all of my research during the year and uh during our games and we were talking about this and he was like would they be considered you know the best team ever and I was like you know they would if LSU hadn't been so damn good last year, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, no, it's interesting. And, and I think that, I think that LSU's performance a year ago, and in particular, their quarterback's performance, I think throws a little bit of shade on this version of Alabama. Cause I don't think any of us believe that Mac Jones is better than Joe Burrow. Um, and, and having said that, I, I, I don't want to take anything away from Alabama because like I said, if, I agree with you. If they win, they're going to go. I, this team probably won't get the recognition it deserves, but I think it would be a top five, six, seven year of all time in college football because of what you just went through and because of just their their explosiveness. This is such a, a interesting era where you don't have to have a great defense to be a great team. It used to be you had to be great everywhere and really balanced, but now you look at, at their ability to be balanced on offense. You look at that. There's never been a team sweep the awards like they swept the awards. Did you know that? They, no team has ever in history won the the Heisman, the Bolitnikov, the Doak Walker, the um, um, Johnny Unitas, the, or the Outland, the Johnny yeah. Unitas. Like yeah. no one's ever done that. Yeah. And 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 this team is is certainly you know one of the best offenses that I've ever seen. All right. So flip side, Ohio State wins goes 8-0. What do people say? What do we all say about this Ohio State team? Yes, they're the champion because they would have won the playoff, but when you look to the extent that you pay attention to how many games teams won, an eight-team winning, eight-game winning national champion probably has, I don't know what, maybe the 1915s or the 1920s it might have happened. What do people say about Ohio State? Think about it this way. Let me just give you devil's advocate. No team in this era where Clemson and Ohio State have dominated have ever beat those two in the same season. Clemson and Alabama, you mean? Beating them both of them in right. the same season. Yeah. That's right. Um, so no, there's no got question that they're, they're, they're pretty perfect. special from that standpoint. So let me just, let me just say I, it's not their fault, yeah. right? Like, I, I – I understand people are, are pushing on this like, oh, they're fresh. Oh, they're this or they're that. 
listen, football is a reps business. I think it's actually harder to do what they're trying to do than have the rhythm and know what you are. I still think to some extent they were trying to find themselves even all the way into that game with Clemson. You know, the last time that they played back-to-back games was their second and third game of the year. Like yeah, they, it's pretty crazy. They have yeah. never gone back-to-back. So to, to some extent, they've never found their rhythm. They've never found all those reps for their execution, the detail-oriented uh, nature that you've got to be uh, to, to excel in particular on offensive football. And you're starting to see that now after the Clemson game. So I don't think they're going to go down in history, right? Like an Alabama would, but they would have beaten Clemson and Alabama in the same season in this era where no one's ever done that. And Clay, I think that it's also interesting that they would, I think pretty clearly in particular with where they're recruiting, put themselves on that pedestal. College football for six years has been Alabama and Clemson. That's it, right? Yep. And, yep. and now I think that they would be a clear third team in that conversation. When you look at, uh, at this matchup, what do you expect to see happen? All right. So, uh, well, let me, before I get to that, we have, you and I talked a lot. I mean, it is going to feel great when toe meets the leather tonight and, uh, and, and we're able to enjoy the full fruition of the college football season being complete, right? I mean, they managed to do it when a lot of people said they could not. We talked earlier in this program about how remarkable it is that the NFL did, you know, 16 games in 17 weeks and then also rolled out and got six wild card games in on Saturday and Sunday. And I feel like you always have to knock on wood given the fact of what this season has been like for every sport. But for college football, from the conversations you were hearing in July and June and August, to now find itself about to have a championship game, and then they will have managed no serious, uh, no serious COVID-related issues from players, coaches, uh, or that I've heard any of the fans that went to the games, uh, they have managed to get it done. I mean, it, it's pretty remarkable. Well, I would say that both commissioners are going to be sitting there and, and, and so proud of what they've achieved. But, but in reality, you know, I think that we know that Greg Sankey is the one that's going to come out of this looking the best uh, moving forward. And, and I think to maybe to a, a bit of a lesser extent, uh, Bob Bowlesby of the big 12, you know, Kevin Warren, first of all, I, I do not envy his job being a first year commissioner this year. That's awful. Having said that, if it, you know, if it was just up to him, we wouldn't be here. I, that's just the truth of the matter. The fact that this game is happening, and, and, and I think in its totality, with all the conferences, with everybody you know, available to it, really comes down to a couple of guys, and this, and this is what's so wild. Obviously, I mentioned Greg Sankey. And then there's a couple of other ones, too. Bob Bowlesby, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence. When yes. Justin Fields runs out there, I don't care if you're an Alabama fan. I don't care if you're a Clemson fan, an Ohio State fan, a Michigan fan. There's a part of all of us as college football fans that need to just kind of tip our cap because he is a major reason we are even having this game tonight. And, and I think that... You know, from that standpoint, I'm, I'm really thankful for those people that, that pushed really hard. There was a Gallup poll done, actually. Um, and, and this Gallup poll and study, it was really more of a mental health study. And it's not going to surprise you. Listen, no, mental health 
in, in our country deteriorated in 2020 um, as, as opposed to 2019. You're like, okay, great, Joel, like shocker. They, they measured 20 different sets of, of criteria or sets of people. There was only actually one of the 20 set of people that they said like their mental health didn't deteriorate or actually it, it got better. And that was actually people that went to any sort of religious gathering weekly, which is wild, right? So uh, that's for another conversation. But in a year in which our mental health has deteriorated so badly, I think of those consequences of not playing football for the players. I think of the consequences for not only these college football players that were trying to play this season, but for ones that were trying to play next season. I think of all the athletes throughout the the country who would have had scholarships reduced in other sports that are non-revenue, both male and female. I think of the mental health deterioration of all of those athletes across the board. And, and I'm going to sit there and watch tonight, and I'm going to be thankful that we had a season. I'm going to be thankful that we got to this point, not only because we got to this point without any serious cases of, of problems, but also because we maintained some of those, we maintained some of those opportunities, not all of them, but some of them, the vast majority of them. And so we are going to be able to put kids in college and have them compete in the sport that they love. And I think that that's better for everybody. All right. Last question for you. And we're talking with Joel Klatt. You can go follow him on Twitter at Joel Klatt. What do you think happens tonight? What What is your prediction for what the game looks like, for what the score might look like, and for what our lead discussion might be when we come in on Tuesday morning to break down everything that we saw? I think you're going to have an incredibly high-scoring game. I think it's going to be explosive. Um, and, and I think that um, Alabama is going to outlast them because I think that, that Ohio State's defense is just not going to be able to, to hold up from a secondary perspective. I'm, I'm expecting 45-42. I'm telling just the ball flying all over the place. I think Alabama wins the game by three, and I think that the biggest conversation that we're having afterwards is, is Mac Jones the third-best quarterback in the draft? Is he going in the top 15? Is he going in the top 10? I think that's what we're going to be talking about. All right, so you just made me ask another question there because of the, the quarterback situation. A lot of talk, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall. Do you think that Urban Meyer ends up in Jacksonville? And if he does, is there any doubt, regardless of who the coach is, that Trevor Lawrence goes number one overall? Is there, Would it be stunning beyond belief to you if somebody else went number one overall? I would be pretty surprised if anyone else went, went number one. I think that that's, that's pretty solidified. Now, having said that, I, I was – questioning Justin Fields a little bit before the Clemson game or whether he would be the second quarterback or someone else would sneak up and get it, whether it was Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or whomever, right? And and I think with that performance against Clemson, he absolutely solidified himself to the Jets. So I, I think that it's Lawrence one, and I think uh, Fields is going number two. And so for the, the people out there who are not huge college football fans, a little bit like the Super Bowl on a smaller level, a lot of people will watch this game and they'll watch, you know, for thinking maybe they're NFL fans, like thinking about their team potentially taking a quarterback a little bit down later. Uh, you think both of these guys that are the signal callers here, Mac Jones for Alabama, Justin Fields for Ohio State both really high draft picks because I think the Mac Jones part might surprise some people and maybe even encourage them to watch because they're thinking about whether their team might be going first round quarterback. 
to this point, Mac Jones has played himself into the first round. And, and I think with a stellar performance on this stage, I think he can play himself into the top half of the first round. He's, he's been that good. Um, if, if you are watching for a couple of things, watch, watch one thing in particular with Mac Jones, his anticipatory throws. The fact that he gets the ball out of his hand before the wide receivers are out of their break constantly, and he's still very accurate with the football. And then the next thing that he does, he throws with unbelievable touch, not necessarily all the way down the field with just a huge arm, but the touch in terms of the intermediate zones. I call it a layered pass. Okay, when he layers the ball over the linebackers in front of the safety or over the defense and in front of the back of the end zone, he does that as well as anybody that I've seen in a long time. Those two things are things that really stand out to NFL uh, decision makers. Outstanding stuff as always, Joel. It's been a lot of fun hanging out with you during the football season. Look forward to uh, talking to you again sometime soon and hope everybody out there enjoys the game. You got it. See you, bud. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io.